Welcome to another Survivor episode of the Bitter Jury Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Mai, and I'm joined by only one of the three co-hosts, but the one that has actually been loyal and has been dedicated to coming and joining me every week. Charles, how you doing, my friend? How are you enjoying this season? How'd you enjoy your first auction? I continue to enjoy the show. I have to say um, the auction lived up to your hype. Um, Especially since I had nothing, you know, preconceived other than what you had said. Um, And I think if I did have something to compare to that, I would have liked the twist that they threw out tonight. Um, Cause that, that definitely made it more enjoyable for me to watch as a first timer and seeing that. Um, and they said it had been how long 2015 or something like that. Since yeah. It's been, it's been like almost 10 years, if not. 10 yeah. Years. Yeah. So very, very cool to be a part of that. So yeah, a little bit of a frustrating episode for me, but um, we'll get into that later. But yeah, um, yeah, like you said, it's been a while since we've seen an auction, so it's been, so it was quite exciting for Survivor fans, you know, to see that again. Uh, but we come into the episode, and neither of the two groups know who was sent home from the other from the other group. So I don't know, maybe like your first reactions to those initial kind of. You know, I mean the the first group had guessed that it would be Caleb. We didn't really get to see if that second group thought it would be Sifu that went home. But that first group kind of got Caleb. They kind of figured it out. Just to reflect, do you think they got it right? And, like, what did you think of their reactions coming in? Mm, I mean, I do have to remove a little bit of your emotions because I'm not the biggest fan of Caleb. <laughs> so, for me, yeah, they fucking got it right. Um I will say from a game perspective, too, um, in removing that emotion, I do feel like it was a good move. It was the right move. Uh, You know, we've kind of talked about how much of a shyster Caleb is. And I think had they allowed him to continue working that angle, that he would have been much, much, much more dangerous than he kind of already was. So I think having that opportunity to do it, um, truthfully, was pretty smart for everybody overall. Um, yeah, no, what about you? You know, give me your, your, um, your life, your purest background on that. I mean, to me, it's just interesting that they kind of guessed that it would be Caleb right off the bat. Um, maybe that's just how the dynamic was. I'd have to go back and remember and look at who, what the, you know, what the two teams were, but it made sense. He was kind of the social target. He played a really good social game. So I get how he's a target and how he's kind of the default answer. He was also on the outs and he was, and he did receive 10 votes the prior episode. So it makes a lot of sense, but it's going to be fun in my opinion to have him on the jury. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what he values as a juror, you know, not knowing anything outside of, you know, a, what people tell him and B, you know, what he sees at tribal council, right? He doesn't know what happened back at camp. All he knew, all he knew was who won immunity tonight, right? Right. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I think it's fun. I feel bad that Sifu doesn't get to be on the jury, but I guess that's the twist that are getting thrown this season, right? Um, lots of twists, I mean, do you twists really in comparison feel bad? to prior seasons, but do you not? I mean, you... I- 
I mean, maybe, but not really, I guess. I mean, uh, again, Sifu kind of annoyed me in general. So, again, cool, good riddance, sure. Oh, you didn't um, feel bad for I mean, Goku? I, guess, I mean, Kamehameha, bitch. Kamehameha. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but let's go right into the meat of the episode and what I've been waiting for. For ten for for however many seasons it's been gone, um, the survivor auction. Well, we don't get introduced to it right right away. Um, you see the boat pull up, and on Survivor, whenever you see a boat coming in, something's gonna happen. You know, shit's going down. So they come out. So production comes over, sets up this nice table with baskets and name tags on the uh, you know, assigned to said baskets, and. You know, watching the episode, my first thought was, what the hell are they doing? Like, we knew it was going to be an auction this episode, and we knew it would be something related, but we didn't know what exactly would happen. Um, And Kendra gets to start reading the letter, you know, reads that it's uh, a blast from the past, the auction's back, everybody's super excited because we all know what that means. Food. Um, And when I realized, personally, when I realized that Kendra had held back that there was something more on that letter. I looked over my buddy and I go, they're going to have to find the money. They're going to have to find the money. And then I, and then when they were looking and, and we were right, they had to go out. There were these little stashes of money hidden around the Island in these kind of bamboo tubes to blend in with the trees. And the thing is mid mid like search. I look over my buddy and I go, it's going to be different money amounts too. watch these suckers draw different money amounts. Because I'm like, someone's going to have a crap ton of money that got like three and somebody's going to have like, you know, five, but doesn't, but has like 20 bucks, you know? Um, yeah. But what did you think? Now, not, like, to cut in, you, not to cut you off, but how did they get their money back into? That's what I was going to say. In like, prior seasons, okay. I was going to give you that context. In prior seasons, the, what they received. So there's something called tree mail on Survivor. I don't know how much of it okay. you've seen. But tree mail essentially, um, production lets them know that they have something in tree mail. It's like this little 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 mailbox that production gets to communicate to them through, right? Any advantages, any you know announcements for challenges, stuff like that would go through tree mail. So in the past, in tree mail, they would just get like a note and envelopes, and every envelope or every little pouch would have five hundred dollars to bid with. That was the most recent iterations. Of the auction. Everybody would get $500 equal amounts. You bid in increments of 20 period. In the past, it was even we, it was even crazier because they had like lo- local currencies at one point or whatever, um, or like some made up currency, I think. Um, but the big difference that has been shifted at the beginning, when the auction was first introduced, you could pile money together. So if you had 500, I had 500. And we wanted to beat West off to get a plate of food. You and I could put our money together and then split the the plate of food and screw West off over. Oh, okay. In some iterations, I think one season had it where it wasn't players had money. It was still in the tribe stage and each tribe got money. There's a larger sum, but every, but it would be a larger plate. The tribe would, would bet on it, would win it and the tribe would eat. So it's gone through many iterations, but the most recent iterations that they've kind of stuck to was $500 to each player. They bid in increments of 20. 
So what do you think of this new style? They have to, you know, run out, search, and earn their money. And just to sweeten the pot for you, I know you enjoyed watching Bruce's lazy ass mosey on over, then then get a measly $80. Yeah, I mean, especially knowing that the money was essentially given outright in the past. And looking at now, I mean, go earn it, right? Go yeah. take your ass out here and dig around. And if again, if you want to be fast, then... Ideally, you're going to end up with more than others. Um, obviously, not knowing until they showed up what the extra twists were, that kind of, you know, as we saw, ended up kind of putting a ruffle in things because your initial thought is, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go get as much as I fucking can. And then you find out, oh, wait, having the power is great. But if you wait too long, there's just this unknown still looming on the opportunity to even use it. Uh, but I'm all for scavenger hunts just in general. I mean, uh, Lexington as a city, um, a couple of businesses here is there, um, is there like opening anniversary or whatever, like 20 year anniversary, they've done citywide scavenger hunts. And if you get on their website, so anything like that, I'm here for it. Um, so I actually thought that was pretty cool. Um, and yes, you are 100% correct. I was like, Bruce, as he's over here, uh, yeah, slow and someone, steady is going to win the race. Like, someone tweeted, someone tweeted, I don't know if you remember this. Um, I don't know how, how extensive your Big Brother US knowledge is, but it was um, a clip from, I believe, Big Brother 12 or something like that, mm -hmm. where it was Brittany uh, saying, like, you know, don't worry, Patty. Take all day with your answer. You know, we've got all the time in the world. And they were like, and they were like, everybody watching Bruce. Yeah, don't worry, Bruce. We've got all day. Yeah, no, I do remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's that vibe. It's the same vibe. Yeah. It it was fucking stupid, but par for the course for Bruce. Truthfully. But yeah, you kind of touched on it, and it was interesting because uh, they enter into the auction and. Jeff has kind of explained how this new auction format is going to work, right? So everybody had a different amount of money. It would be only food items. I will say the advantages was one of the reasons why somebody was like, why, why the auction was originally like removed from the show. Um, one of the reasons was uh, I can it's this long convoluted move that I can explain later. But basically, a player kind of abused the heck out of you would have loved that move. You would have loved it. <laughs> you would have loved the shit out of it. Um was it we can talk about drama it. is what you're saying. Oh yeah. It was drama. Somebody was being a villain. Um motherfucker ended up winning the show too. I hate it. One of my one of my least favorite survivor winners of all time. Um, if if you know who I'm talking about, Survivor fans, Mike Holloway is, in my opinion, top three worst Survivor winners of all time. At me, I will defend that statement. Um, I just don't like the guy, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's only food items. The next one, they've been told that production has only prepared 15 items, and that Jeff would pick a number between six and 15 at random. That was you know, drawn onto a rock and he would pick a random number and that's how many items he would pull out to be bid on. Now he knew that number, but no one else did. Um, That is the way it was in past seasons in terms of 
no one knew when the survivor auction would end at a random moment that the thing is you didn't know how many items production had prepared so at a random moment jeff would just go that's it survivor auctions done drop your food get the fuck out of here right but now there's actual numbers and there's a limit set and you know this different like you know jeff jeff picks out a certain number of items that they're going to show off that in my opinion is super interesting um and the final bit was the big twist whoever is left with the most money at the end of the auction loses their vote at tribal council which i think is really cool because it offers a new level to this game where the survivors are encouraged to spend their money Whereas in past seasons, you would have survivors that are holding on to their money, holding on to their money, waiting for an advantage to come up. And that's when they would strike and just go 500, right? So I I do like this new level because it encourages more of that bidding per se, but it's still like this, this auction definitely looked different to past auctions. So before we dive into what really, really happened Charles, your immediate reactions on this format, you know, you're I've watched a bajillion of these, but you're new to this. So your opinions on this format, what do you think of that twist as well? Uh, I thought it was awesome. Again, um, I'm sounding like a broken record here, but and I don't have anything to compare it to. But again, as a first time and watching them, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves, but um, and I only took a couple of notes, but watching like someone like Kelly spends an absorbent amount of money just to get rid of it all. But then at the same time, it's like nobody else has this much right now. So I'm just going to fucking spend it. So then I'm out and I'm going to enjoy my fucking uh, prize and move on with it. Um, Cause having that extra thought in the back of your mind about losing your vote, I mean, shit, you know, they are fully in merge at this point. And like the game's fucking on. So having that vote and creating those alliances and being able to have a voice, that's fucking huge. Yeah. Personally, I'm hesitant on the different in like the differing, you know, amounts of money that they have. And then you have to spend it all. Cause here's the thing to, for me, you look at where this challenge went towards the back half where everybody knew who was going to get it because everybody was going to bid all of their goddamn money because you obviously right. don't want to lose your vote. To me, right. it would be a lot more interesting if you still had everybody had 500. It would be a lot more strategical to me. How do you allot your money given that everybody else has the same amount of money as you? Yeah, that's right? true. Do I, am I still going to go a, ball to so ball 500, 500, 500? And yeah. what has happened in past seasons for context? Um, there have been some seasons where it was first to call 500 gets it. There was one, there were a few seasons where it was, if you called 500, you would come up, everybody would pay the 500 and you would draw rocks on who actually won. So let's say, so and for theoretically, the you and I both bid refund? 500, right? You and I both bid 500, right? Charles, we would go yeah. up, we would pay the 500 and Jeff would offer us a bag, one white rock, one black rock. Whoever draw, drew whatever colored rock would win the would win the bit the item. 
other person just gets to sit his ass down with nothing. So they wouldn't get their money back either. No. Oh wow. So I I understand how it would be kind of difficult from a production standpoint, but just to me, I just think it got really annoying. Like the tension was really nice, right? You knew somebody somebody's ass was on the line. Like for example, Kelly. You look at Kelly, she had 200 bucks. Bruce had 80, was in second place. So now you get this moment of success suspense because every item that you're going up, there's a low, there's a higher and higher chance you're about to get screwed. And then Jeff could be the last. And then Jeff, Kelly, there is one more item. And it's like, I get it. It's fun for the suspense. But at the same time, it's a little bit boring because you know she's going to bet all of her money. You know it's going to happen. We all know. Everybody on the island knows. Everybody at home knows. It's a little bit more on the boring yet suspenseful side. Um, Yeah. I'm torn. Personally, I'm torn. I also think the disparity of... D having nine hundred dollars. Wait, and then poor old Bruce on the other end's got eighty. Like, a, I get it. I said it while I was watching the episode. Bruce would not have been this been in this situation if he hustled his goddamn ass a little bit. But yeah. and didn't but didn't D that's spend, a big gap. Yeah, but didn't D spend all of her money on one item? If I remember correctly, or did yes, she have she did. two? Yes, I'm like, so she got a milkshake that I'm going to be fair. When I looked at the fucking glass that it was in, I thought it looked like it was like a Bloody Mary milkshake. I don't know why it made me want to puke. Like I would if I was on that island, I would have spent all of my goddamn money on that pizza. I don't care how good or bad it looks. Pizza is pizza. I would have spent all my money on that damn pizza. I mean. To be fair, I was actually eating pizza during the episode. Um, and as you know from the text, as I took a bite into my pizza, my boy Austin took a bite into the eyes it's, it's, of what yeah, they Yeah, let's said talk about it. So fish. here's the thing. But my gosh. So here's the thing. Like, it was a known, like we were going into this episode. And uh, when we got to that item, I looked over my buddy and I was like, there is no way in hell this is going to be good, right? In my opinion, who was it that originally won the item? Um, I know it was one of the girls. Uh, Katora. Katora. Yeah, heck no. Heck no. I would have sat the hell down and not taken a butt. I hate fish. I hate fish eyes. Fish eyes make me want to puke. I nearly puked. I was like trying to like cover my eyes but watch at the same time. Um I was disgusted. But you know what? Watching Austin bite that fish eye like a fucking apple. Power to you, bro. Power to you. You know what? Respect. I could never do that. But respect. Um Charles, did you see the the little montage that they did before the auction? You saw the bat soup? I did, unfortunately. Bat soup, chicken hearts, uh, slug, sea slugs, and slug guts. Yep, th- th- this is all shit that's been on the what's called. On the... And you know what? I think I, I know. I can't remember if it was Survivor uh, Pod or Big Brother. I used to be a huge fan of Fear Factor. But I would sit and watch Fear Factor 
And I will have eaten dinner at that point because I knew that I was going to watch something utterly fucking disgusting. Yeah, I should I should have warned you in retrospect. Whatever the fuck has been in alignment for my life this year. <laughs> this show, long story short, this, sh- been, this show has not been, been very subjected kind. to feet and I've been subjected to fish eyes. And just all this fucking disgusting shit. And I'm like, my gosh, who have yeah, I? Yeah, this show has not well? been very kind yeah. to Charles's dig- digestive system. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm curious. Um, what to you is like the best item that was in tonight's auction? Mm, I didn't write. All of them down. I've got a few on my mind for you. You've got have the one... milkshake, the candy, the pretzels, and the yeah. beer, the chocolate cake, um, the pizza, the sandwich, the Kelly one, um, the fish eyes. My are my winner clearly. Um, mm-hmm. given that I just said how disgusting they were. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to run through them. Uh, there was a margarita and PB and J. Or, yeah. Yes, there was also wine. Um. Yeah. Whatever, Kendra. Uh, no, not Kendra. Um, I think that shall won, not be no. named. Yeah, Emily won the wine with something. It was like a charcuterie board. Yeah. To me, yeah. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly won that auction. I feel bad though because Kelly didn't get to eat it. See, as far as the liquor involved, I definitely would have appreciated a mark because I love tequila. But I think it also included a PB&J that also, and I know this is going to cause controversy, is one of the most disgusting things to me. So I would not have wanted that. Yes, you heard me correctly. Um, So definitely for me, biggest thing would have been the pretzels and beer. I'm not the biggest pretzel guy, but I would have. But you are a beer guy. the, The fuck out of the beer. I would have chugged that shit. What was interesting to me was that this auction didn't have any, like, main protein items. I don't remember seeing any steak, any, like, a pork or a chicken. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the most proteiny item that was on there was the fucking fish eye. Um, oh, is protein usually a staple? Like, do they usually have... No, I feel like, I feel like I've, like, something that I usually see, I don't know, Kagiyan had ribs, Samoa, and, like, had a whole fucking roasted chicken. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we usually see some sort of protein. Maybe that would have been like a later item. I feel like something that I noticed was as the items got later, as we got later into the auction, the items got better. And that's something that we typically see. Like, I feel like I know that you may find the PB&J disgusting. I do think that that was one of the like really high items that the charcuterie board with the with the wine, um, the chocolate cake. I think these were all like on the higher end of items, right? Um, I think that's. I think we would have seen something like a steak and potatoes or some crap later on. What would have been really interesting to me was to see what would have happened if we got to fifteen and nobody had any fucking money left. Um, <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. Um, but uh, let me ask because this because one item does did have a bit of strategy to it. Um, and I'm curious, you know, on your thoughts of how the person handled it. There was, like I mentioned, a chocolate cake. But what usually happens with things like a cake or like these bigger items 
is you're told we, you know, you have a timer and you're allowed to pick however many people to join you. So let me ask Charles, uh, Jake got the chocolate cake and he chose Julie and Bruce. Removing your feelings towards those players from Jake's standpoint, do you think that was a smart decision? Do you think there's somebody better he could have chosen? I, you know, I have a tough time with this and I actually had it in my notes to ask you that question because for me, it was uh, eating a chocolate cake with a, you know, let's just throw it out there and say 90 second timer for, you know, whatever our purposes are. Um, I personally wouldn't have seen any strategy to that. Like, had it been something like, a big brother um, comp win where you get to take three people to see a movie or you get to really experience something on the side that everyone else isn't going to be a part of that for me involves strategy. Cause that's now giving you a time to actually talk with them. Obviously there's a little bit involved because it seems like you're throwing a bone to someone, but again, I'm just like, okay, this is the quick, one and done 60 second thing like i'm just gonna say you and you let's fucking let's fucking go yeah um so yeah uh, again throwing that back to you i actually had that um as a question i asked to me i agree maybe not as much like like potential for strategy as like a trip outside of that the bb house does but there's a lot of strategy in who you pick because what we've seen before is i mean there was one season where where like i'm thinking of ghost island where um, the person who came in third had to make the tie-breaking vote, and a lot of people called uh, what had happened a few days prior the million-dollar cookie. So, yeah, so Wendell had given Lauren, uh, sorry, Laurel a cookie, and she ended up voting for him. Could it have been strategy? Could have been whatever? You never know. But some people had joked that it was a million-dollar cookie, uh, at least to my remember, to what I remember. Um the thing is, is that you have these moments in Survivor where you need to pick people to join you. And while this isn't as exclusive as, like, we've seen in the past, you get to spend a day with them at the spa. You know, that's obviously a whole different thing. But there's still a level of, it's not, to, in my opinion, it's not necessarily who you take, it's who you leave. Right? When I'm making that decision... I'm thinking if I don't pick Charles, is he going to feel slighted that I didn't let him eat more food after he has not eaten shit except for two clamfuls of rice for the last two weeks? Like, is he going to feel slighted? Is he going to feel bad, like mad at me? Like, is, is that going to put a target on my back for not, you know, giving him a hand? Right. right. So to me, I think, the choice of Julie to me was a very, very smart decision. Why Jake voted for Julie, he owned up to it. This was his right. opportunity to at least gain a little bit of good grace back with Julie. You that know, is get true, a little bit there. Um, what was that? No, I was say that's true because they had their awkward ass conversation at the beginning yep. of the episode. So it's like. Oh gosh, that's a little uncomfortable, but um... I respect Jake for owning up to it and what he said was good. Like what he said was really good. 
It was like, I don't know if I would have said it better myself. It wasn't getting you out. It was saving Caleb and you were the like, just like you were the only option to save him. Right. I get that. And like, do I think what I expect slash should he expect for Julie to be like, oh, okay, that's good. No, nobody would. And I don't think he does. Like, he'd be dumb to expect that response. But I think whatever you can do, whatever small, you know, gestures you can make to mend that bridge are valuable. And that chocolate cake could have helped slightly in mending that bridge. I mean, at the end of the day, Julie did not write his name down. So it's got to count for something, right? That's true. Um, and we can go more into that later, but I do think like there's a level of strategy because the thing is, is what you have to think about their situation. They haven't eaten shit except for like two clamshells of rice, a, like a day for, for two weeks. They're starved. They're extremely hungry. So any opportunity to eat, whether that be a fucking chocolate cake or a goddamn fish eye, they're going to take the opportunity. And so, there's a lot of strategy in who do I need to mend fences with? Do I feel like, for example, if I'm, you know, if I'm there, do I feel strong enough in my relationship with Charles that I can let him sit this one out and I can use my two spots to mend some fences, to create some relationships, to, you know, build some bridges between myself and other people, right? So... There's a lot of thinking that goes into who you're really going to, you know, pick, even for something as small as just eating a chocolate cake together. So it's interesting <laughs> to me. No, that's fair. And I mean, obviously, again, looking at situations where, as I mentioned earlier, you have that experience longer. I think, again, as a viewer for me, again, yes, that's throwing a bone, but again, for someone that's new, like I'm not thinking about it to the extent that I would think that something that small, for lack of a better word to put on there, would be that significant. It's like, okay, cool. Yes, you're hungry. You know, like maybe you don't want chocolate cake or maybe you don't want that. Um, And so it's kind of interesting um, to know that those sorts of things become that important in that moment to be like, you know what? I'm going to give Julie cake. Um, Obviously editing might or might not have had something to do with it. But from what we saw, it was a very quick decision to pick Julie. And then the other person, you know, as he picked Bruce there at the end, it came a little bit slower. Um, But no, no, that's, that's really, that's a good perspective. And truthfully, now I'm going to see, I'm going to be looking to see if that bridge remains to be mended, right? Like if they now are able to sit down and have a heart to heart and say, Hey, excuse me. Um, I appreciated the cake gesture. We crushed that. Let's talk about what we can do to make this better. But you said Julie did not write his name down tonight. So hopefully she she was advocating for Jake to go home though. I will admit, I will give that up, but you know, some, I mean, here's the thing. Something had to give her that extra little shove to end up voting with her alliance. You know, she still could have voted for Jake if she felt like it. But moving on to the immunity challenge, um, 
Like I said, Charles, we can expect a lot more of those endurance memory-based challenges. And we saw an endurance comp today. But before we saw the endurance comp, another twist. Jeff pulls out a nice hefty bag of rice. <laughs> and for anyone that has watched prior seasons of this show, I really loved the difference in Jeff's negotiation strategy. In past seasons, it, so this, it was... Wait, was this a first thing? Like, a first This is the first thing? time we've ever seen this man cut a bag of rice. Okay, um, yeah, that's pretty fucking In past savage. seasons, it's been like, you know, I need four people to step forward, but that number is negotiable, right? And he would negotiate, you know, like, you know, three people, but they, whatever. This time, Jeff said, fuck that, I'm going to be a savage. So he said, so two people stepped forward. Katora steps forward. And I believe D stepped forward, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and no, no one else wanted to two, step forward. No, 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 no. The first two were D and Thou Shalt Not Be Named. Oh, that's right. I it wrote, was. Yeah. Sorry. I, I wrote it down. Katora said, Katora said, can we offer safety and respect for those who do step forward? And they were in this median period. And then Jeff just goes, why don't I make it easier? Whips yeah, out a knife <laughs> and just stabs the bag in the bottom and lets rice begin to flow out. And it was like, a, the longer this takes, the less rice you're going to have. Immediately when Jeff slashes that bag, Drew steps forward like the hero he is. My and boy. then they're, they're yelling at each other. And finally, Katora steps forward. And offers herself up as tribute. Um, so as they tribute. actually went. They actually got to go home with a respectable amount of rice, um, leaving six people to play in the immunity challenge. Uh, before we get to the immunity challenge, I do want to ask Charles, what did you think of that negotiation? I believe you texted me. He's a savage. Um, yeah, yeah, and obviously, I know that. You know, things like that have been pre-planned. Um, but watching in that moment, it just seemed like, oh, shit. Like, you're really just going to say, cool, I'll help you make a decision. And I and everybody had that brief moment of calm where they were like, okay, cool. What kind of negotiation are we going to get? <laughs> Done. Straight. Their body language changed. Everybody's like... No, no, will you do it? Oh my gosh, will you please to go? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, again, you brought up the point earlier, like these people are fucking hungry, right? And watching that food just drift away into the little pan at the or the basket waiting there on the ground, they were in a fucking sense of urgency. And um yeah, no, that was fucking awesome. I, you know, on my notes, I just wrote Jeff cuts the bag, but it was so much more than that. Um, again, as in the text, he's fucking savage, and yeah. that was fucking a boss move. Now, I know that obviously it's very situational and very dependent on the situation that you're in, but Charles, what, you know, would you have stepped forward? What would have it, what would have, you know, what would it take for you to have stepped forward in that moment? 
a good preface by saying it was situational. Um, yeah, it's very situational. For me, I would have had to have either one had an idol that I knew could ultimately protect me or, or been in another situation where I think it was smart of, you know, either Bruce or, or excuse me, not Bruce, um, either Austin or Drew, one or the other doing it, where you know that you at least have an advocate that is still competing. And even if your advocate doesn't win immunity, you still have someone out there like pulling for you that has pretty good weight. Um, other than that, I don't fucking know. You know, I think I probably would have been the person, you know, all, you know, 145 pounds of me. Um, at that point, I'm probably at like 115 uh, for having not eaten anything on the island. So Do you think you would have lost would 30 have, so quickly? I would have. I, Charles, you know what? I people, would, people leave in fifth place and only lose 20. Like, you know, right? But, but here's the thing they feed you all I'm those rewards. No, no, I'm a picky ass eater. You can ask anybody that's been around me, whatever, right? Again, I fucking told you I probably wouldn't eat because I wouldn't be able to properly wash my hands, right? So, yeah, my ass is about to lose every ounce of fucking weight, and I'm going to be dehydrated to shit. Absolutely not. Anyway, um, no, what about you? Would you have jumped out quickly to I agree. If you have the what's called, if you have an idol, then sure. Um, I would have taken, once I saw that bag of rice, I would have immediately thought, am I stepping forward for this? I know he's going to ask for someone to sacrifice. I know. But I'm gonna think already if that's if this is something that I want to you know stick my neck out for. Um, the most important question to me would be this: How safe am I tonight? If I have an idol, see if I give a rat's ass. If I hear my name in any conversation, I can just play that shit. The other one to me that you didn't touch on that I think is another thing to think about is your alliances. Are you in a majority? Do you are you in a secure alliance? So to me, D, Emily, and Drew were smart step forwards, right? Austin and Julie are still there holding down the ship in the challenge, but those three are in a good alliance. To me, I think D could have gone for it. I think D would have done well in that challenge, right? Somebody who's leaner but has good muscle, so probably didn't have the most difficult starting like Sifu would have had a shit ton. Like we would have had a, a nightmare because he is a bigger guy and he probably would have had a heavier weight to deal with. But that, but that besides the point D Emily and drew were in that there are in that solid five. And if I'm one of them, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm in a solid alliance. I trust these people. You know, there's no need, in my opinion, to worry about my butt being on the line. So why don't I step forward and make this gesture of goodwill, right? And buy myself some, you know, some reputation, you know, some reputation with with my with you know, fellow castaways. Yeah. Knowing that there is a very small likelihood, a very small chance that I am leaving tonight. Well, and that's my thing, and I actually had that written as a note and just overlooked it. But, yeah, I mean, 
take the risk as a gesture to everyone, right? Say, you know what, when you all cowered back there and were afraid to take the step, I stepped out there and got us fucking food. So yeah. that ain't that important. Yeah. So you look at the challenge, and this is a, a classic survivor challenge. You hold something up and you gotta, you know, hold something up until you know it drops and breaks on something. What'd you what'd you think of this challenge for starters? And then uh moving forward. I know, I know, I know this is a dumb question that I already know the answer to, but how do you feel about the outcome of the challenge? Let's harp more on what you thought of the challenge itself. Uh, um, challenge itself was cool. I yeah. I, I actually thought the setup was very was great. Um, you know they're having to hold a third of what their pre-show body weight was, um, which was really cool. Um, and then the just different tiers with the knots and having to do that uh, at different intervals. I think it was five minutes every time they rotated or not rotated, but went down another notch. Um. Very, very cool. I am sitting here thinking, oh, my gosh, my fucking arm would pull out a socket. I'm like, shit, to having to 100% straight arm that, just thinking about the strain that you're going to have. And I'm like, somebody's going to get fucking medevaced out of here because they're going to pull a fucking <laughs> tendon or muscle or some shit. No, this um, is going to fall back and crack his skull again. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> um he he may turn into thou who shalt not be named for me. I'm just saying it's it's getting. I like bad. Emily now. I think she's better. I don't. I don't like. I think Bruce her. is the annoying one. I don't like her, but she's. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I respect the player. She's a good player. I know. I know. Back to the challenge at hand. I guess. Um, I actually wrote down the list of uh, how they all dropped. I was truthfully kind of surprised that Kelly was the first. Thank you. I thought the same thing. Yeah, that really, really threw me off. She's a very strong competitor. Really threw me off. And so I was just sitting there watching. And I mean, again, this is a tough challenge, but I I was kind of taken back, truthfully. I was just sitting there. And even as I wrote down the list, as I wrote down the order of who was going, I actually wrote his name and then kind of looked back to make sure that I didn't make a mistake. Because I was like, there's no way Kelly was first. I was truly convinced that it wouldn't have been her. Um, So then we had Kendra. Okay, sure. That, yeah, whatever. I'm kind of like... I don't know. I'm kind of neutral on Kendra just overall, so I have no feelings about that. Uh, then the third one is actually what surprised me just as much, if not more than Kelly. It was fucking Austin. And I was like, really? Fucking Jake, Julie, and Bruce are... There's one all... name in there that really got me. Which one? Julie. You know what? Can I, she yeah. was she was yo she was cooking that, though. She was cooking. 
She boss bitched that comp the entire fucking time. The final two was up there. And I just go, can I please just have Julie pull out this win? Like, I love the differences that we've got. On one end, for for older contestants, we've got Julie and Bruce. On the other end, you've got Sari and Felicia. I mean, Um, it was... Yeah. yeah, the final two of this comp definitely had me um, rubbing the head, giving the whole head scratch there. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things, too. It proves that the person that looks the most physical in a comp like this, where, again, you are, you know, not getting as many calories as you need in the day. So you're like nutrient low and. Again, I know my ass wouldn't have been able to do it. I would I would have been the first. Now, I take that back. I would have stood there and would have made myself, I would have willed myself to beat Bruce somehow, even though he ended up winning the fucking comp. Um, but no, uh, it's one of those things. It, it shows that if you have the fight, that you can fucking dig in there and surprise all of America. Let me say, I do believe personally that Bruce's loss of his vote is why he really pushed himself to win that immunity because he felt like that was going to put an immediate target on his back, truthfully, as if there wasn't one there already. But I think that I think the loss of his vote made it a lot more real to him, you know, and really made it really like pop out to him like. Yeah, they're really gonna, you know, go after me, right? Um, right. So I think that was a huge part of it. Um, personally, I don't know how I would have done in this comp. I don't want to know how I would have done in this comp. Realistically, <laughs> there's a world where I would have just dropped out and went and you know and given my and given myself up as tribute for the rice. Just so I can say I've done something. Like if here's the if I know I'm not gonna win the challenge. And I can earn myself some goodwill with my tribe mates. Fuck it. I'll go for the rice. Because I'm not going to win this challenge. What do I gain <laughs> from sitting up there for 15 minutes in pain? 20 minutes, 30 minutes in pain. When I could just to win nothing. When I can, you know, volunteer myself up and be a hero. And, you know, and have my moment in this in the spotlight. And really, like, you know, and earn some good. And on a more serious note, earn some goodwill with my fellow tribe mates if i know i'm not gonna win this challenge anyways it's a hard challenge and there's a lot of respect to be given i think the nice thing that i enjoy about survivor challenges is that unlike big brother challenges there is some sort of skill employed in every challenge yes i am taking a direct i'm taking a direct sniper shot at felicia's hoh win um as you should. Those, those pissed me off. It couldn't even be the roll down the hill, down the windy path. Not even that. It was just it was just pinball, really. Um, yep. But yeah, I just I respect Bruce for winning that challenge. That is a tough challenge. It's difficult. And props to him for doing well in it and winning it. Um, but yeah, personally, if I knew I wasn't gonna win that challenge, I'm dropping out for the goddamn race. If four people already stepped up, you know what I would have said? I would have said, can I be the fifth person and get us some more rice? 
Like, <laughs> screw it. Screw it. Give can we, can I go scoop half, a cup? Give me yeah. an extra a half a pound yeah. of rice and I'll drop my ass out too. Um, You're going to fucking go scoop it out of the basket? Hell yeah. Post used it in his little promo to get people to sign up for casting. Screw that. Instead of digging his hand through, I would dig my hand through and throw it right back in the bag. But no, um, in all seriousness, um, I love Survivor Challenges. I do. I think they're really fun to watch. And I, I think that's what I like a lot about them is that they do require some level of skill, whether that be memory or, you know, or puzzles or endurance and strength, whatever it may be, it requires some level of skill. Um, they get back. So after the challenge, they get back to the to the camp. Nobody's really happy that Bruce won. Let's be real. But given that that you know public enemy number one is is out of the running, who do you target now? So all these conversations happen, and you know, in the interest of time, we're gonna skip right to tribal council. Unless there is a conversation that interested you. I think we should talk about that tribal. Uh they come in. You know, Jake makes um, his pre. I have, yeah, I have one pre-tribal conversation that I think was super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I guess two technical conversations that happened. Um, that going into oh. it are notes that I'll I'll thank bring you. up. One, if it's what I think it is, thank alliance. you for reminding me. What was are it? Are you talking about the female alliance? Yes. Yes. And then the so conversation have, between Emily you know, and Drew. Yes. So, okay. well, that, but then, well, here, well, I guess now three things, but all the ladies are sitting in a group. There's six of them left, and they have the, oh, gosh, we're in the majority. Let's pick off the guys. Everybody's like, okay, great. Then, thou shalt not be named, but I may start naming her if I switch to someone else. So I'll just say E for right now. <laughs> e. The transitional period. <laughs> he goes to power. and just kind of says hey I like what I like the vibe that I've been feeling with you in Austin I feel like I need to let you know that the ladies are coming off the guys now truthfully in that moment in the edit that we saw I felt like Drew was less or wasn't concerned enough about it like, he was super passive and was like, oh, I don't think we have to worry about that, but thanks for letting me know, blah, 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 blah. But then fast forward, Drew pitches to Kelly, or he pitches Kelly as a potential target, knowing that all of the ladies are together, and pitches that to a couple of the ladies. Obviously, E was involved because, you know, she kind of knew, but Julie got involved in that, too. And I'm like, shit. And I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I remember texting you and I was like, man, what a fucking flex in doing this. It's like you are telling me that the ladies are coming after us and I'm literally going to just give you a little go away, little child. I'll take care of this. And then you fucking pitch to the ladies to get rid of a lady. Flex, motherfucker. Flex. Well, for starters, Emily did clarify that Drew and Austin were not on their immediate targets list. It was Jake and Bruce. Um, mm-hmm. But 
Here's my thing. This is what me and my buddy were saying while we were watching the episode. An all-girls alliance would be great. A successful all-girls alliance would be great. But let's look into the history of Survivor and Big Brother for that matter. How often do you see an all-one demographic at all alliance that actually works? I can give you two prime examples. I'll give you three prime examples. Because I can't think of any others. And mind you, I'm talking about like teams, and all three of these teams were the final however many members they had. And one of them won. The Brigade from BB12. Yep. The Cookout. And the Black Widow Brigade from Survivor. That was an all-male alliance, all-black alliance, all-female alliance. There is a reason why out of, what, 45 plus 25, well, 44 technically completed plus 25, is what? 69 seasons of reality TV. What a great number. Out of 69 seasons of reality TV, we can only name so many. Like, we we can only name, you know, like the like naming listing off how many you know all one demographic alliances that worked stays on our fingers right we can count it on our hands there's yeah. a reason because they're not based in trust and loyalty they are typically based in oh we're all this let's just do it no that doesn't work yeah. and all of the alliances that i named were started earlier on into their seasons and they were built around that a certain theme, but as the season progresses, you build that loyalty and that chemistry with each other. And most times they don't even work. Prime example, I think, of stupid Big Brother 16, where Joey went straight to Devin and, and apologized for the all-girls alliance. Come on. Like, we know these don't work. It would be great if it worked. The cookout, watching the cookout great, uh, you know, do great and succeed was awesome. But it's a rarity. It doesn't always work. And I just think it was such a smart move from Emily to go to Drew and give him this information. Because I'm pretty sure that she's well aware this probably isn't going to work. It ain't going to work. And the relationship that she's built with the Reba 4 is based on trust and loyalty. AKA where a real alliance should be based. Yep. There's my rant. I'll let you give your two cents. No, I mean, you know, I kind of initiated that conversation. I mean, I, this is going to sound like I'm being a little like misogynistic, but I also feel like the all female, Alliance attempts go south way before any of the all male ones do. It's just like, and I don't know what it is, you know, having watched Big Brother year after year, like you said, everybody comes in and they're like, this is it, ladies. We're going to be the ladies that are able to do this. And they are always the first to just. And I'm gonna stab you in the back and just I have no idea why, but it always happens. I don't either. And I don't again, I don't mean it to sound like I'm being sexist or like, oh gosh, they suck. But it's like 
what is it that makes them go south first so quickly? Um, so that in this episode of Survivor, I was just like, well, shit, you literally just jump ship on the all ladies thing. And again, I do think that E was smart in what she did. Her relationship with Drew Austin, much, much, much more deep, uh, much more deeper and much more meaningful. So you know what? Kudos to you. Fucking take the initiative truthfully too. Like, because you got to think too, she's, as much as I hate to admit it, she's in a great spot, right? She now has the ladies and obviously now some people are going to be upset by, you know, this whole vote because they're going to know that some ladies were involved in order to make it happen. But, excuse me, um, she's still in a good spot because she still has Austin and Drew. So, however she works to make amends with the ladies group, you know, I mean, she can throw somebody under the bus and just lie, right? Like, oh, well, they told me if I don't vote with them that they would vote me out next week. Like, whatever. So, no, kudos, kudos to her. Kudos. Yeah, absolutely. Take the initiative. You see the right move and you go for it. And in my opinion, it was the right move. And you look to Tribal now and all these conversations had happened. People throwing Jake's name out there and really going for it. And you also see, uh, I'll quickly mention a scene from pre-Tribal where you see that core five, the Reba four plus Emily get together. And like you mentioned, Drew throws out Kelly's name and says, Kelly's a threat. You know, you never know what Jake's going to pull out because Jake was very open with his idol hunting. So maybe we put our votes on Kelly in the case that some, that, you know, some, somehow he's safe. Because between a potential idol, safety without power, also something that me and my and my buddy considered was, will Bruce play his idol for Jake? Never know. I so mean, did with you all of these think... variables and factors, huh? I did think you Bruce think is too that paranoid. Happen... I think Bruce is too paranoid that he, that if he loses next week, he's going to go home. Which he's right. He's right. If he if he loses immunity next week, he's gone. Um, yeah, but so it's good for him to keep that immunity idol with him. But with that said, if my number and here's the other thing in the preview for the next episode, Bruce said my my closest ally is gone when he's talking about Kelly. And I'm just and I just watched it and I thought to myself, Bruce, you dumbass, your number one ally is currently gunning for your ass. <laughs> do you You're not understand that she was part of the movement to vote out Jake to weaken you stupid no yeah. clearly not but if I was Bruce I probably would have had a little bit more awareness to realize that something was happening and people were coming after me and I would have you know I think I think playing an idol to save your number one ally is helpful Um, I think it's also a little bit different than Matt winning the power of invincibility, which is is what I immediately thought of when you think about saving your yeah. ally. Um, just because uh, when an idol gets used, it gets re-hidden sometimes, most times. Um, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Bless you. With all of those variables out in the air, 
Drew throws out Kelly's name, and I think that's very smart. I love Kelly. I would have loved to see Kelly on my TV screen for a few more weeks. But granted, it's a very smart move. She's a very she was a great player, and she's a great competitor. Why not? So here goes Agreed. Jake thinking the world is ending, and they did a great job. I've got to commend them. The Reba Four plus Emily did a great job to hide everything and make the world believe that they were really going to gun for Jake. And then they read three and books. I, yeah. No, no, no. Even not to cut you off, but even in that buildup, this may be the first week that I feel I didn't call what was going to happen at tribal. Yeah. Where I know we've talked some of the other weeks and, uh, you know, you and Daniel even have kind of been like, Oh, like, this is such a good buildup and this is blah, 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 blah. And I'm a little skeptical because I'm like, eh, I don't know. This just seems a little too edited for me. And I just feel like I know where this is going. I legit did not. You were blindsided. I got my text from you. You were blindsided. Yeah. And, you know, with, with Jake using his shot in the dark, I sat like I was mid texting someone else about something else altogether. And when he went up and said it, I actually just sat like this. Because <laughs> I was just waiting because I was like, oh, shit, he's using his. And then I was thinking, okay, this would be crazy. if It's not going to happen twice he... in one season, but it would be great. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, somebody else is going to, you know, have every vote fucking, like, axed for them. So the fact that he wasn't safe, I was like, okay, shit. Jake's gonna go home and then when that first vote for Kelly popped up and Kelly's body language changed and Kelly's doing the I was like oh shit and then when she got the second vote and her For anyone who randomly ever gets to watch this, I'm reenacting Kelly's um, reaction. Um, anyway, I like I was thrown off. I did not think they had pulled off that plan. And even as she got the third vote and they were tied at three to three, I no joke was like, okay, that's fine. Jake's still going home. I was fucking blindsided. And I'm here for it. That was a boss-ass move. So what you'll realize, um, Charles, as I as I hope you will continue to watch this show with me, um, you'll catch on to trends and how they order the votes when Probst reads them. I don't think it should come to a uh, come as a surprise to anybody that before Jeff reads the votes, he and the other and production like read them and put them in a specific yeah. order. You can also yeah. you'll also notice that if they show someone writing a vote, right? If someone has been very adamant about voting for a specific person, you'll see their handwriting usually come up first as well because it's no surprise to you that they voted that certain direction. Right. <laughs> and my buddy and I who have watched all the seasons of the show. We know very good and well that when you have three votes go in one person's direction and then you see someone, a second, a second name come up, 
there's a really good chance that's the person that's going home. So we see Kelly's name come up, and me and my buddy jumped out of our seats. We're like, shut the front door. We're like, this is happening. It's happening. Jake's surviving. We get another week of the Boston accent on our TV screens. You know, like, it's – or sorry, like, boss or whatever the heck Jake's accent. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's just – it was so good. Like, full props to the Reba 4 plus Emily – because that was a great move. It was a great yep. move. And what's also really good about it is that they are the majority now pretty much confirmed. We're at the final nine, if I'm not mistaken, which means their five is the majority. If they vote together for the next four weeks, they are the final five. They're in it. Yeah. To me, what's mind boggling is how has no one caught on to it yet? How has no one said these five people are together? Let's gun for them. To me, that but not only shows this... like, a le- like a level of dis- disappointment for me at these players, but also it also reflects a level of impre- like how impressed I am at the Reba 4 plus Emily of how well, how good of a job they've done hiding their relationship, right? I think D and Julie are seen as a pair. I think Austin, Drew, and Emily could slightly be seen as a group of three, but not as close as people think they are. They've done a really good job, in my opinion, of being together, but also like not making it a public display. Mm-hmm. You know? So not everybody knows that this is a group. So they're gonna be dangerous. Yeah. Well, and two points to that. One, for me, it's kind of reminiscent of how I talked to you all in our pods on big brother this year of how I looked at like Sarudi, Felicia, Jared, Lizzie, like all the Izzy, all that group. Right. I remember sitting here saying to you, like, how are people letting them play? Like it's why I appreciated Cameron in the game because he actually tried to break that shit up because it infuriated me to just sit there and watch a season and watch people in a house of other people that aren't realizing what's happening. It's like, you're letting these people do that because you're not, you're so unaware of what's happening. And so that I had those same thoughts where you were like, how is no one recognizing the majority that's taking control of them? And so point number two, though, is this the moment where people finally see, right? Because now that both E and Julie have gone against the women, the other ladies are going to have this. Yeah. Like these ladies are going to be, wait, what happened? Who did you vote with? Why weren't you with us? Because we had that. And so Obviously, I want Drew and Austin to do well and continue to do well just because I'm biased since they're on the draft team that we created earlier. But the oh, we got a finger for the first time. We got a finger. But the reality show junkie in me who likes to see the game played and chaos and drama, I want to see people challenge them. I want to see people... Like, I want to see my people come out on top. 
but I want to see them coming out on top after enduring some sort of adversity. So I'm hoping that as we move forward, people are going to open their eyes and say, oh, shit, like we need to start looking at Austin and Drew and Julie a little bit harder than we have been because they are literally running the show right now. And Richard, because you politely because you politely put up your finger, I will now let you speak. Thank you, Charles. For starters, I did want to point out a fun <laughs> moment that uh that when I heard it, I immediately thought of you. Um, I don't know if you caught it, but when, but when the votes went to Kelly, Jake just goes, "Oh, y'all are playing Survivor!" Like, <laughs> yes, I was like, yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, the hell they are. Um, I want to do like a very brief, and I mean brief because in the interest of time, you know, deep like deep dive and debrief into why, in my opinion, Austin and Drew are in the best position in this game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it. You're in a group of five right now, right? On the outskirts are four people. Now somebody could flip and go with the out the outside four and make and pull it together, right? Yeah. No, they can't. Lest we remind you that Katora is so vehemently against Bruce, if you think they are going to work together, you know what? Whoever can get Katora and Bruce to work together deserves to win this fucking show. If you can pull that say, off, you deserve to win. If you des- if you can pull that off, you deserve to win. Screw it. But. If that other four is split into two groups of two, it's a prime opportunity, right? If I'm Austin and, and yep. or Drew and or Drew, I'm pulling my five together. I'm going to Jake and Bruce, and I'm going, look, we saved your asses last week. Let's work together. Let's get out Katora. Let's get out Kendra. You know, let's work together because these two really want you gone. They were advocating to us. We got to get rid of Bruce. We got to get rid of Jake. It's done, done, done. Yep. Then what you you do that. What do you do then? You get rid of Bruce and Jake. Then as Austin and Drew, there's five people left. And that swing vote, Emily, is pretty much indebted to you. She's on your side. You take her to three. You cut someone off. And then you go and win a million bucks. Done. I it's simple it's simple it's easier said than done this is not me just saying like you know trying to like <laughs> bless right. you this is not me just trying to be like oh like I'm genius extraordinary I know it's more difficult than it seems right right but I'm just saying from a number standpoint they're in a good position they're in a very good position yep. if they play their cards correctly and I think they're smart enough to know to play their cards correctly and I'm excited to see if they do um, but yeah, I just think they're in a great position. So to wrap things up, Charles, I will, you know, that was my last word. I'll let you have your last word as we wrap up tonight. Gosh, I'm closing the show. This is crazy. No, I truthfully, more so than anything, I'm super excited and kind of on edge about what happens as a result of this vote. Again, you know, as as I brought up earlier, having the potential of the all women's alliance go against the minority and the men, but having that get flipped seemingly on a dime, like, you know, as we watch that play out, just to be like, oh, 
the fuck? Um, so I'm really, 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 really on the edge of my seat, kind of waiting to see what these conversations are next week. Um, waiting to see, obviously, how the challenges and immunity play out. Because, again, in the words of uh, our boy Jake, like, these people are ready to play Survivor. And, you know, I, I this is kind of backtracking a little bit as a closing, but, you know, I truthfully liked how he called everybody out in um, at Tribal tonight and getting to watch him at first kind of fumble through his words, but then to finally get himself together and just say, like, you all are taking the easy way out. And if you're going to vote me out, then more power to you. Kiss my ass, you know, and obviously he didn't use those exact words, but I mean, he put them on blast. Metaphorically. He, yeah. I mean, he put them on blast. He put it out there. And I'm like, you know what? He has been enemy number two, I guess you would say, for two weeks in a row. And he fucking skirted himself out of it this week because other people had alternative plans going on. I feel like we're going to have some good shit coming up. So hopefully, you know what, looking forward to next week, I'm just going to have to plan my meals better because I already know that something disgusting is going to happen. And I would rather just drink while watching Survivor so that I can not puke. Um, but other than that, again, thanks for uh, talking us into I say us, even though I'm the only one who's been on every episode with you so far. But thanks for bringing us on this uh, Survivor ride. I can't wait. And I appreciate your presence. Lord knows that, uh, unfortunately, our other co-host can't join us. But um, it's been a blast, honestly, all season. And I and I look forward to continuing throughout the rest of the season and hopefully beyond. Uh, it's been a great season so far. I'm excited to continue it. Uh, make sure you all, whoever is listening, stay tuned and go check out um, our next episode of this podcast in general, which will be um, the lovely award show for Big Brother 25 when we get to enjoy Ooh. Daniel Westoff eating hot ones, <laughs> eating hot wings. I'm so, so upset that we won't be live with him. I just want to be there in person. I, I personally think that podcast should be live. You know what I, I think we should do? Um, I think we should all, instead of drinking alcohol, let's all drink milk in right in front of them, and let <laughs> and let and allow us to to revel in his in his uh in his, you know, in his punishment. But you know what, I, I don't drink milk at all, but I would definitely neither do I. But I a hundred percent would. I'd consider it for this moment. That. Yep, yep. I I would actually consider it for that moment. Oh, 100%. But with that said, that's all the time that we have on this week's episode. Uh, So, you know, come back. Come back. We have a lot of fun. Come back. In the worst closing that that I've ever done for this this podcast. Hey. Come back. Hang out with us. Come back. We enjoy it. So, um, yeah, that's all the time we have this week. We'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye.